Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Erin Berry. Erin is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at BoardSource, the recognized leader in nonprofit board leadership, and BoardSource supports, trains, and educates nonprofit leaders from across the country and throughout the world. The support it provides to individual nonprofit leaders and organizations is strengthened by its broader work to identify and map trends within the nonprofit sector and to unleash the full potential of boards and board leaders to advance the public good through board service. Erin has 12 years of nonprofit management and leadership experience, along with a deep knowledge of marketing and communication strategies that lead to organizational growth and greater member engagement. Animal welfare is an issue she cares about greatly. At her home in Annapolis, Maryland, she cares for a cat named Dale, a dog named Hazel, a fish named Lassie, and the many frogs, birds, butterflies, and more that enjoy her garden. Erin, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Stacey. I'm so glad to be with you today. So I just was uh, wondering how you got started in nonprofit management and your passion around animals. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and and quickly tell a little story that will talk to my passion uh, about animals before we jump into more work-related and how I really got involved in the nonprofit sector. So we have, as you mentioned in my bio, we have a a dog named Hazel, who is a a female, and we have a cat who's a male named Dale. And so my husband and I were sitting there, and uh, we were coming up on Hazel's eighth birthday, and we celebrate birthdays pretty uh, big time when it comes to our animals. And we had wanted another animal. And fortunately, the two of us are so busy with his travel and just my work and the commuting that we knew that another dog wasn't possible. And I had never owned a cat before, but my husband said, you know, what about getting a cat? And I thought, you know, that is just the perfect gift for an eight-year-old dog who's quite territorial. And then we sort of laughed and we joked and we thought, you know what, I bet we can do it. And so we started doing research and we read a lot and we thought, oh my gosh, this is going to take a lot of time. What if Hazel doesn't like the new cat? And and really, you know, how is she going to react? And so we just went ahead and we jumped in feet first. We went to um, the Annapolis SPCA and we picked out um, this beautiful, very buff, white, tabby cat, uh, very, I mean, it was a kitten. And anyway, and as soon as we saw him, we knew that he was going to be perfect because he was climbing all over us while the other cats were just laying there. And so anyway, so we brought him home. To make a long story short, after a month of Dale living in a cage in the living room, to them eating on sides of the doors, as everyone tells you to do, and really sort of, you know, like slowly introducing them, I can tell you it's been we're coming up right on a year now, and they are best friends. It's Aww. so cute. They hang out. They cuddle together. And so it really couldn't have gone better, but it is not for uh, someone who doesn't have patience and the willingness to make sure that everything really gets started. So I just wanted to tell that story because now we're a big, happy family, although we didn't know how it was going to start out in the beginning. <laughs> and you had a longtime interest. You've been in, involved with nonprofit management for 12 years. 
Can you share a bit about that story too? Yes, absolutely. You know, I would say my philanthropic work really started whenever I was in high school. I did a lot of work with student council and we had a leadership class who was taught by um, probably the most amazing teacher I've ever had, Mrs. Dawson. And through those experiences, I was really in charge of how can the student body and how can we raise money for the community? How can we work with the local homeless shelters and all different types of shelters really throughout our community of about 12,000 people uh, in the Midwest? And so I did a lot of volunteering. I put on a lot of school fundraisers and really just enjoyed over probably my last two years of high school, I did about four or 500 hours of community service. And so it was something that I enjoyed. I loved having an impact on the community. And it's really something that I've taken with me my entire life. And so I went to school for political science and I did that through college. And I moved out to D.C. about 13 years ago and decided to hang up my uh, political hat after the 04 election. <laughs> And I went to work for a nonprofit. And at first, it was a trade association, and I worked there for a little bit and then a couple of other nonprofits. But I've, I've always been in the nonprofit space since I've been in Washington, D.C. But what I'd really like to focus on is my current work here at BoardSource. I've been here for over three years now. It's an organization that is, it just has a, a fascinating story and a, and a really important purpose and mission in that we help strengthen nonprofit boards at the highest level, the board of directors, because we believe if an organization is run well by a board of directors and a CEO with thoughtfulness, transparency, and really honing in on what the organization does well and what it can do, that ultimately nonprofits across the United States will be better serving communities and, and those in need. If you like the Community Cats podcast, and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love Community Cats? You can help with email and groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of Community Cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. I want to hear from you what the Community Cats podcast means to you. You can now leave a recorded testimonial on the Community Cats podcast website and share your thoughts about the show. You can also ask questions, share show ideas, pretty much anything you want. Just go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on the testimonial link and record. You hear from me all of the time, and now I want to hear from you. Thank you. So let's talk a bit about board leadership and what board source offers for that. I, over all the years, the 20 plus years I've been involved in running nonprofit organizations, I have always referenced the board source website for resources and for help. But what are the things that your organization really focuses on teaching boards on how to be strong and how to grow and develop? Are there 
key components for success that we should be looking for? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words about BoardSource. I'm certainly happy that you have found, you know, our information useful. And so BoardSource has a lot of really great programs. I mean, generally, we have tools, resources, templates, written resources, articles, publications, all of that on many different topics. And so in addition to a lot of the resources that we provide, we also have support in terms of what we refer to as the board support program, which is basically a year-round development program. We also have different types of memberships for consultants, for example, or for larger networks like the YMCA. But the board support program is really one of our core offerings in that that's really where we help support smaller grassroots-focused organizations. It's for organizations that have, you know, one board, if you will, not many across the United States, so very local, you know, community organizations. So we offer a lot of supports and free access to almost everything that we have in terms of that. We also have trainings, you know, whether it's webinars or in-person trainings. We have our biennial conference, so every other year 900 organizations get together. The board source wasn't probably known for initially, but really we've sort of changed directions over the last three or four years, and we are tackling critical issues as it relates to the entire nonprofit sector. And those include things like, it's called the Stand for Your Mission campaign, and so we really encourage organizations to advocate and what advocacy really means, what's legal, what's not, and we try to really take out the the scariness of it. Another campaign, for example, would be the Power of Possibility, or asking organizations and specifically at the board level to simply have conversations about what it means to intentionally collaborate with other organizations. So I would say that's just a brief summary of some of the things that that we offer, but please let me know if you'd like me to drill down on any of those things. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. It's the stand by your mission phrase is very important because I find with some of the smaller groups, it's very easy to just get so involved in the the daily requests and the needs and, you know, having to focus on a mission rather than getting kind of scattered around and not following what your group, what your board group really believes should be the path. And actually a big challenge is working with getting everyone on the board on the same page. Do you have any tips for sort of how to keep the peace on a board of directors? Um, boy, that is, that's a pretty big question. I mean, we certainly throughout our work, we hear that organizations are struggling at many different levels and at many different stages. And that could be, you know, in the boardroom, maybe they're not having robust conversations. So, you know, specifically for that example, if boards aren't in there having strategic conversations and talking about these big issues like advocacy, you, you know, like collaboration and really, you know, the boards have their fiduciary role and their their governance role, but that's very a narrow definition. Boards also have a humongous leadership role. They're influential in their community. And just looking at that and looking at the example of, you know, possibly not having those robust conversations, I would say that being able to take a look around the table and making sure that you have the right people sitting around the board, is it a diverse 
collection of people from your community? Do they all add value on specific issues? And so, you know, really being able to sit back and take a look at the current board structure and figuring out what you need at that time. It, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. And so, you know, for example, we have very practical resources on matrices and matrices, excuse me, and, and how, how to sort of, you know, take a look and, and, and evaluate, the, you know, your current board. But even up another level, it really starts with the board chair and the CEO having an incredibly strong, transparent, and just open lines of communication. It's not rare for organizations that are running effectively for the board chair and the CEO to have a standing one-hour call each day, or not each day, excuse me, that would be a little much, but um, <laughs> even once a week, just to have that call scheduled, to have that one-on-one -on -one time. It's also important for prior to meetings to really sit down and think, okay, what are the outcomes we want out of this board meeting? What are the big issues that we really need these community folks and people that we have chosen who sit on the board because they're passionate about the mission? A lot of, you know, advanced press and communication between the board chair and CEO to tackle that stuff well in advance and making sure that the agenda is set so that the consent agenda has been set out in advance. A lot of smaller organizations just focus on the finances and they look at this and that. All of that information should be set out really in advance so people are well prepared when they come into the meeting that they have all of that knowledge. You can quickly move to a vote and then you can really get into those strategic issues. So a lot of it is preparation, open communication, and making sure that you have the right people at the table. Yeah, it sounds like you want to position your agenda for success. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that's a, it's a great idea. And it's something that we don't think about. Oftentimes, I think we're kind of whipping together an agenda at the last minute. We don't have time limits on things. We don't have opportunities for differing opinions in the agenda, mm -hmm. which we should. And then sometimes when differing opinions do come out on the table in the boardroom, people take it personally rather than professionally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need to understand that we are different opinion individuals coming yeah. up with a general consensus re representing the whole organization. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you, you touched on something. I'd love to just jump in really quickly there. And I think that something that we sometimes see and something that I do think is really important to remember is Having different opinions are great. I mean, that is what brings robust conversations to the table. But what you really need to remember is that you are working on behalf of the board when you are sitting around the board table. And so if you're speaking about politics and the current political environment, you can have opinions about candidate, you know, or you're, you know, talking, and obviously that is something that, is, that, that people talk about and can certainly get riled up about, but in the end, your job is to remember that you're a board member of the organization and you're acting on behalf of that organization. And so, again, while all of those debates are really critical and really important is you really do need to be wearing your board hat and think, okay, what is most important for this organization, not for myself? Right. Well, and those sections need to be structured in a certain way where there's a way to capture the information to get it into a sort of a holistic view. I used to have visioning workshops once a year where we would take a deep dive into our programs and people were able to vote, you know, share their opinions. And this was staff and board sharing their opinions about progress and different programs and big picture things. But then we all as a group would end up voting items down to choose what our top three priorities would be going forward. And so if you do a visioning section or a 
open discussion section within uh, a board meeting, you just need to be able to have some parameters and structure around it, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, Erin, I'd like to kind of change the direction just a little bit because many of the listeners have sent me emails and said, you know, hey, I'm taking care of three or four feral cat colonies. I keep getting word about other feral cat colonies. And so I'm starting to trap and I'm thinking I need to start a nonprofit organization. Tell me how to do that. What would your advice be? I mean, if, you, if you're considering starting a nonprofit, you really need to think, okay, what is my purpose of starting this nonprofit? What do I want to get out of it? What is the outcome going to be? And then a first, a very valid and important first step is seeing, are there other organizations in the community that I may be able to partner with that may share my same goals or values or, or passion? Making sure that you're reaching out to, you know, networks are, who are involved in your space to see if that there is somebody that you can partner with. And partnerships and collaborations are on many, many different levels. Um, you know, even for very small nonprofits, let's say in the community who are established, you know, we're seeing some organizations come together and share programs or share office space or share transportation services so they can help save money and divide it, sort of, you know, share resources so that they can have the greatest impact. So, you know, back to your question, I would say, you know, there are 1.5 or I think the newest numbers are there's 1.8 million nonprofits in the United States. Obviously, funding can be scarce. Fundraising is always uh, something that comes up as an issue when it comes to boards, certainly, and, and what their role is there. And so I would say if you're, really, if you're considering an, starting a nonprofit, I'd really do your due, due diligence, take a look around, and see if there's another organization um, or group out there that, that has a parallel focus or mission. I, I agree. I think that there's a lot of time and effort and resources put into forming a 501c3, and if you can become part of another organization or partner up with another organization, I think that the economies mm-hmm. of scale are really, are really very, very good. We actually um, just started a brand new initiative here when I spoke that we are tackling sort of critical sector-wide issues. It's called The Power of Possibility, and it's exploring strategic partnerships, basically. And we have got a ton of free resources. It's thepowerofpossibility.org. Everything on the website is free. We even have a section about starting a nonprofit and resources related to that. And then also just certain times in an organization's really just life, like when the CEO is transitioning after being there for 10 years, or there's lots of different points where people should sit back and think about does collaboration and meaningful partnership make sense? And so I would just encourage listeners to definitely check out that website because there's a lot of really great case studies, stories, and a lot of really great resources to help have a a good conversation in the boardroom. So if folks are interested in finding out more about BoardSource, how would they do that? They would go to BoardSource.org and we launched our website, uh, our new website back in October, and we have got tons of information, resources, everything about our leadership agenda, all on Online at boardsource.org. That's a great website. There's just a tremendous amount of information and stuff. I, I could spend probably three hours chatting with you about everything on the on the website. It's really loaded with lots of stuff. So I definitely would recommend that folks check it out. And Erin, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, one, I want to thank everybody who is serving on a board, who's who's volunteering of uh, their time, whether it's on a board or or at community nonprofit. Thank you for your work and your leadership. 
leadership in trying to make really the world a better place and just a better humanity. So I, ju- I would like to just thank everybody because it's such important work and it's it's so incredible to be a part of so many different missions at BoardSource and really just helping the sector that there's just so much thanks that I could probably say. I could spend three hours thanking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Erin, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on in the future. Great. Thank you so much, Stacey. I really enjoyed it. The Community Cats podcast will soon be a year old with over 200 episodes profiling amazing people who are all making a difference in the lives of community cats. If you would like to support the show but not be a sponsor, feel free to contribute to our efforts by going to www.communitycatspodcast.com and follow the donate link. Help us to continue to provide excellent programming. 